This is Leafs Morning Take with Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill. Now we've got a fight started here right off the bat with Rosehill. 30 minutes of live, non-stop Leafs talk starts now. What's going on? All I can say is TGIF. It's the Friday edition of Leafs Morning Take. Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill, who still, again, is at Disneyland. I think this is like a three-month three thing for you, bud. I don't know. I got to ask my wife, man. I don't do the planning around here. Yeah, this looks like an amazing trip. So Rosie back with us once again. Remember, subscribe, tap that like button, leave us a review. Don't forget to visit theleafsnation.com for the very latest on all things Toronto Maple Leafs. The chat is hot and heavy already here and interactive on YouTube. If you got thoughts, comments, concerns, questions, uh, we've got some people writing in already. Hit us up. We'll get to that a bit later on in the show, but certainly a lot to cover here in the uh, week capper. Um, but first, I must ask you, the Buffalo Sabres are in town tomorrow night. What's it like to play Buffalo? What's it like to play a struggling team? Because that team has lost seven in a row coming into tomorrow night's game, Rosie. Yeah, it's kind of a different one. You're like you're, It's kind of like a forced rivalry. Like we're supposed to have this rivalry because you're so mm-hmm. close. And like sometimes you won't even fly there depending on what your schedule is. And um, But at, at the end of the day, it's still just the Buffalo Sabres. So like there isn't an actual rivalry there. Uh, it's not like you're playing Boston or Montreal. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It seems like, I mean, I was looking at a stat the other day at how how their starts have gone and like how they've won the first X games. And then just this disgusting trail of losses afterwards, like they've done it for like three or four years straight and uh, really struggling and doing it again right now. So always nice to jump on a team when they're on that losing streak, but uh, you also got to look out for them uh, trying extra hard to snap out of it. Right. Yeah. I believe it was Greg Wyshynski of ESPN that put out the really good tweet the other night about Buffalo and just sort of the track record the last couple of years of starting off hot and then going into the abyss in the month of November, sort of similar or opposite, I should say to the Toronto Maple Leafs. But as mentioned, it always seems like Buffalo plays Toronto tough, right? They've lost seven in a row, but they took three or four meetings last season. So on the contrary of everything you just said about the Leafs, not really caring that they're playing Buffalo I think it's the opposite. The Sabres get up for every game against Toronto, don't they? Yeah, well, you don't want to – it's it's like a – it's kind of a sleeper game, right? Like, oh, good, this team's sliding. But it's like, do you know how freaking yeah. hard those guys are scratching and clawing to get out of it every single night? And and like you said, they tend to come, uh, come into Toronto and play hard. So it's one of those sleeper games that you don't want to be caught napping or they'll break their streak against you. And that's kind of the last thing you want, right? And and that the Leafs team has struggled with that. They're, again, playing really good teams – very well and then having those dropped games against teams that they should win and it's, it's got to be a mental thing right it certainly does and uh we're looking forward to seeing what the leafs have in store for that game coming up tomorrow night again feeling pretty good about themselves nine five and four out of the gates five one and two here in november all in all considering the start not too shabby let's get over the boards right now As expected, uh, it was a, an interesting night at Scotiabank Arena. It was two evenly matched teams. Um, I was really, really impressed once again by the New Jersey Devils, just the way they played that game, how stingy they were defensively. And to me, it was the same old story with puck management. And we will get to that, as you see down below in one of the topics. But Igor Sharangovich scores the OT winner off a tough, tough giveaway from John Tavares. And uh, 11 straight victories here for the New Jersey Devils, Rosie. Yeah, they're absolutely rolling. Um, and we knew that going into this game that it was going to be, you know, difficult and you'd have to bring everything. And I think I'd said that, uh, you know, it's those little tiny 
mistakes that, you know, sometimes can be masked against lesser teams. But a team like that that's rolling as hot as the New Jersey Devils are right now, you know that any mistake is going to be, you know, hyper obvious against that team. And they, they'll take advantage of it. So it's hard, it's hard to feel right now. I don't know if I'm happy we got a point against that that team right now one of the very few teams that have gotten any points off that team so obviously um a success in that regard but also like man you you could have won that game if it were just to clean up a couple of things you know yeah i think you take the point and you move on uh number one that team's in an absolute heater right now they've won 10 in a row 11 in a row now after that victory against the leaf so you know you're up against it to start that game I thought there's a lot of positives to grab, believe it or not, Mr. Positive Nick Alberga, but the goaltending, Matt Murray. Um, I think the play of some of the upper echelon players is great to see as well. And I think all in all, there, there's something to be learned from a game like that. But, you know, having said that, it, you know, the turnovers were a big story. And again, we'll get to that. But my other question was too, what's with Toronto in three and three overtime? And I crunched the numbers because I was really, really curious. 58 and 68 in the Austin Matthews era, dating back to 2016. They're one and four this season. Do they have to recalibrate, change what they're doing in overtime, or is it all about that opening faceoff, Rosie? It it is it is a bit of a like I like the three on three. It's it's exciting as hell, and the old like five on five overtime was just like come on like what are the chances someone's going to score you're just watching a few extra minutes of hockey where this is like oh my god what's going to happen it goes goes one way I mean more often than not after a scoring chance it is a scoring chance the other way you just can't help but be caught down low and if it doesn't go in the net there's going to be two guys there and away you go the other way and it's just like odd man rush after odd man rush breakaway and it's you just it's got to be a different mentality of, of how you protect the ice and how you go about it and I wish the Leafs would kind of revert a little bit more to protection and then take their chances they've got enough explosiveness and and high offense players to jump on a loose puck and, and take advantage of a quick play but it seems like they're just slinging out there and I mean not to pick on a guy but like Mitch Marner does not have a great track record in the three-on-three -three overtime yet he starts every single overtime and you know John Tavares I don't mind him he's not as fleet of footed for that all that ice and all that room out there for that slinging type of three-on-three -three game but you know why isn't William Nylander out there is my question where, you know, he, he was probably the hottest player going into or playing yesterday's yeah. game. And you start with Marner that just doesn't have a great track record of, of keeping his brain on defense during that thing. So a little bit of frustration there for sure. But I mean, Johnny T like he made that nice pick off in overtime. He like turned the puck over and they were going North with it. And then kind of that he made a pretty, pretty gutsy call going against the grain there in overtime and picked off Johnny T right back, and, and then it's back in the net. But that's three-on-three. Three. I guess you just got to chalk it up, I guess, is all you can do. It's just kind of crazy hockey out there. That's exactly my thinking, and it's always astonishing to me that it always seems to be a giveaway to the best player on the ice. It happened again <laughs> last night where it's Jack Hughes. Like, the, the good players, and you played the game, you played in the league, they just know where to be at the right time. And it's, like, fitting enough for New Jersey. It lands right on the stick of Jack Hughes. But to your point, I think the ideology, quite frankly, is for Toronto to gain possession and to get Matthews on the ice. I think you take your chances and you take your lumps with having John Tavares start overtime because you're thinking he's going to win the faceoff more times than not. So I think you just tip your cap to New Jersey last night, no? 
Yeah, exactly. You try to dissect <clears throat> something that went wrong on what did we do wrong. Sometimes the other team just did something right, and especially with three-on-three three where that is so high risk, high reward, even if you're not trying to play that way. I mean, there's just so much ice out there, and you got you got nothing but guns on the ice, and there's only three of you. They have so much space and creativity. It's just It just happens. It's, it just is frustrating that Toronto keeps being on the, on the short side of it there. Puck management. Um, this is the big thing I wanted to cover on today's show. It's been a story, I would say, in the first six weeks of this season for this Maple Leafs team. I ask you this question. Are these mistakes fixable, Rosie? Well, of course they are. Like, if 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 anything's fixable, that's fixable, right? It's not like you just, it's not like you're lacking experience. It's not like you're lacking, you know, goaltending now. It's not like these things where it's like, we just physically don't have it. Like, there's no, that it's not in the room, right? That's something where it's like, oh God, we got to go to the well somewhere and, and try to get a new player and make a trade or figure something out. It's not that problem. It's just like, keep your head on straight and make better choices. And, it, and it's a system thing where it's just ingrained in the team to protect that puck and support that puck. And as much as it is puck management, it's ice management too. And like these defensemen yeah. just go off into la la land. And it's like, dude, do you not know who you're playing? Like you leave that spot open when they have the puck, boom, the guy's got it. And it's in the back of your net. And that happened on, you know, the first goal last night. It's like, what, what are we doing? That's peewee shit where you're just, Defenseman's just leaving the yeah. front of the net. Like you're you're the weak side defenseman and you just float over towards the puck like it's a magnet. And it's like, well, where were you going, man? Like you're playing your your defense, your net front. And those things are absolutely fixable, man. You just have to do it and you have to apply it. Every single guy on that and roster I, is capable. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think it's 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 one of those things where I get it. It's a game in November. I do think the urgency, by the way, has been there for this Leafs team, but I think the attention to detail is just not there right now. And and certainly a story and a prevailing storyline through the first six weeks of this season are the gaffes and the giveaways. And and that's why I was being so strong in my feelings with those losses to like Arizona and San Jose and Anaheim because you 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 saw the breakdowns. And, you know, that's the problem I run into now is like, well, I'm okay with the loss and I've been okay with the losses recently that they've they've stacked up. It's more so how you're losing those games that really, really get to me. And I think now in order for the Leafs to be a really good team to get to an elite team in the regular season here, at least this season, you have to rectify these mistakes. Like, are you going to see Boston make these errors on a nightly basis? Vegas, to an extent, I know Tampa has struggled early on, but those upper, upper echelon teams who are legitimate bona fide cup contenders, are they going to make these mistakes in game 17 or game 75? Like, it doesn't matter. You're not seeing it for the most part from these teams. And that's what concerns me, Rosie. Yeah, I know what you're saying. And all we're doing right now is elevating our expectations, which is a good yep. thing. This team is is a good team. We we expect this team to be the team that that goes deep and gets it done finally this year. Um, you know, absolutely the beyond the second round is is the goal here. And I think it's very possible with the roster, but as they keep elevating their play, expectations come along with that. And absolutely the high end premier teams are not really making those you know, those, those easily fixable mistakes, those unnecessary mistakes, right? Like any time of the day, you know, you're going to get beat on this. You're going to get goal scored against you. That's just hockey. But when you're doing it to yourself, that's the frustrating thing. And again, they get, they're getting a point against the New Jersey devils and they've been, uh, yeah. they've been very hot and, and that's fantastic. We're not beating on the team and we're happy with where they are, but 
I mean, no one's ever satisfied. There's never a team in the world that's satisfied. Yeah, we're, we've got everything going. We're all good. We're not working on anything today. Good job, guys. That's never happened. It doesn't matter if you're on a 10-game heater, if you're back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. That It's never the case. That's never happened in hockey where we're just, hey, we're all good. You're always working on stuff. So absolutely. And I like the fact that the puck management stuff is a fixable problem. It's not It's not this un, unknown problem that can't be fixed within that dressing room. It's there. It's just, it, you know, you just got to clean it up and they got to come together and, and just make those those uh, mistakes less often is the goal. So how would they mirror that in practice? Because as you know, being a former player in this league, like it's one thing to say, yeah, we're going to do this, but it's another thing to mirror that in practice. What type of drills would help uh, to improve this team in that facet of the game? I think we can both agree, like that's a major takeaway in the first six weeks is that they, when they have the puck, they make mistakes with the puck and it's game management, it's puck management for sure. It's tough to simulate in practice. I mean, the coaches are always yeah. going to the well, trying to find new new drills and whatnot. But bottom line is, like those those high end game like drills, they're they're tough to do for a couple of reasons. Like, a you got to be playing defense as hard as the other team would be. You got to be going full tilt, game speed, and a lot of times practice is just to get your legs under you, get the lactic acid out, loop and shoot, feel the puck, get a sweat going, and get the hell on the plane and go to wherever you're going. Like. You can't always grind that hard because you're playing every second night, you know. So it is tough to simulate that in practice. But anything you can do um, where you can simulate that game type of atmosphere, like some in-zone games, some neutral zone stuff where there's pressure on guys and we just keep got to running through it and running through it and figure out in this situation, where is your support? Where is the danger zone? And it's just, you kind of got to go back to basics, like keep it off the glass, keep it to the wall, keep it out of the middle. Your support's going to be here. You can't cut back in this situation. You're going to have nobody with you and just, just keep beating their heads against the wall with these things until they start to implement it in a game. But realistically, you just, as much as coaches try, you can't, you can't simulate NHL game speed in practice. Do the Devils deserve more credit than maybe we're giving them for the way they played last night? I know like the fallout of that game, watching on TV, listening a bit on the radio was that, oh, Toronto let one slip away. But are the Devils not getting the credit they deserve early on? They've won 14 of 17 and they've won 11 in a row here. Yeah, they're fucking good. No question. Give them, give yeah. credit where credit is due. And we knew that going in. We knew they were going to be a good team. And we said that. We're like, holy shit, we got a real heater. If we can compete with this team, we can show that we're up in the top echelon. And they did that. But like I said, when your expectations are to be talked about as that top echelon team, you're going to mm-hmm. start to go through it with a fine tooth comb and say, well, why didn't we get two points? And you know, it, again, I'm happy with the fact that it wasn't just like, well, we just can't beat that team. They're just way better than us. It's no, we made some mistakes that cost us the game that are very capable of cleaning those up. We yeah. just got to not make those mistakes. And we could have got two points against that team and broke their streak. And, you know, that's a good problem to have. It is. And, and certainly we look forward to Saturday night. It's the Leafs and Sabres from Scotiabank Arena as the mini game, three game. A homestand continues for the Maple Leafs, but as reference off the top, it doesn't matter what Buffalo's record is. They always seem to play Toronto strong. They're not feeling good about life. Were you that superstitious guy when you played in the show that you would switch things up if you guys were on a losing streak or more specifically when you run a fight losing streak? <laughs> what fight losing streak? <laughs> you no. won everyone, eh? <laughs> in my head, I did always. No, um... <laughs> not really i wouldn't switch anything up um 
I tried to stay away from that shit. The game's hard enough without getting, you know, your mind all jumbled up in what kind of tape you're using or whether you took a freaking cold tub that day or not or whatever. Just do what you got to do to feel good and stay loose was my thing. And, you know, some guys get kind of weird about all their stuff, especially goalies. And I just found that it was more distracting than anything. You're worrying about shit that doesn't really matter. So I, tr I tried not to, but, uh, you know, again, I just don't want these Leafs to be like, wow, we've been playing some, you know, a decent team there in New Jersey. Now we get a little break. This is good. We can get two points on the board and, and move on down the road. Like that's the kind of mentality that's, that's bit this team in the ass already. And, you know, when you're starting to chalk the points up and starting to roll and you're sitting in a good spot in the standings, it really sucks to give away points, you know, when those should be gettable points. So I just hope the mentality in there isn't like, you know, freebie game or anything. And certainly not. The Sabres are capable of playing good hockey. Their record's average, obviously. But every team in this league, man, will take it to you if you have a sleeper. Since you brought that up, Again, you have the unique perspective that you played in the NHL. There, there's no doubt in my mind, and players never admit it, but from team to team, game to game, the feeling, the sentiment is different. Hell, I feel it when I play beer league hockey. When I know I'm playing a shit team, I'm like, I know it's points afternoon because I play in the afternoon on, on Sundays. Guaranteed, and maybe this, you can't speak to this because you weren't no, known for your, your point totals and your goal scoring and all that. You were known more for your fist. But like the mentality for a player changes game to game, no? it can and it's a collective thing right like who are we playing and, and what does that mean and you know after you know taking the time to ramp up for the devils and oh man like there would have been a lot of preparation going into that as there is every game but it might be you know for certain players to be like oh good like we can exhale here we're playing yeah the sabers and you know maybe all that stuff we've been working on and all that really tight checking tight thinking stuff can maybe take a back seat tonight and I'm going to try to do something and really wind it up and do some looping and shooting and and do something fancy and really work on getting my confidence up or something like no one's thinking that but subconsciously it creeps in right it does and I mean coaches speeches are always hilarious because they come in and you can tell they're like I'm gonna say something to fucking try and cut that out of the mentality and I'm going to try to address this in the room or else maybe they don't try to address it all at all and be like exact same way as two nights ago. Nothing changes, nothing changes. And they're just trying to make sure you don't come out and have that stinker. But unlike the, the individual sports, man, you got 20 people who all have a, a thought process and a mentality and an approach and whether you like it or not, things creep in when there's that many people involved and, Sometimes you have those those eggs that you lay, but I, I, I think they've learned from it. They got that shit out of the way, hopefully, in October. We haven't seen any of that type of uh, just complete lackluster play from, from the Leafs since October. So I like to think they've grown as a team and they can come out and I don't think anyone's thinking they're just going to smash the Sabres. I mean, everyone knows you got to go put out a, a good performance and they are the better team. And if they play solid, then they should win the game. It really is interesting, though, anybody who's played sports in general, there's just always that aura surrounding your team, especially a team sport when you're getting set to play a game where you either you feel it or you don't. I don't know what it is like you're either optimistic or you're feeling kind of on edge that something may happen. It's just that feeling, that sentiment. Now you translate that over to the NHL and the professional level. I could only wonder, but certainly I think you're bang on. If there's one team you don't want to take lightly to Buffalo Sabres, especially coming off seven straight losses. And uh, watch out for Tage Thompson. I don't know how much you've seen of this kid yet, man. Like, he's six foot six. He's an absolute beast. Any place center 
and he's got a booming shot and he's been on complete fire for the Sabres. I know that's impressive, man. Some of these, some of these guys and just athletes in general, I was looking at watching the NFL the other week and like some of these guys are like what they're doing at six foot six and seven and nuts carrying around 240 pounds with you and stuff. And it's like, okay, you're supposed to be this big lurching strength beast, Mm -hmm. slow guy. And you're not, you're like this freak athlete that can do it all at that size. It just kind of defies physics really, but yeah, definitely some impressive uh, up and comers in this league. And he's certainly one of them. So a quiet night in the NHL tonight, just one game. The wrap up is brought to you by our friends at points bet Canada. What do you got? I love that start to the segment. I love that start to the segment. I was going to preface by saying I'm on a heater, but clearly you're on a heater on vacation. You're in California. So for tonight's game, and there's only one game, as mentioned, Rosie, we have to go to Vancouver and Los Angeles. Give me Andre Kopitar over two and a half shots on goal. So he got seven in the past two games. Uh, He's looking shot a lot recently. Not really his forte, but Canucks are loose defensively, as we all know. And the Kings are coming off a big win against Edmonton. I'd also add, too, that I know the price is a bit juiced, but I like the Bo Horvat shot prop two over two and a half shots on goal. He's in a contract here. You know how I feel about my SOG props. So I'm going to Kopitar, maybe a bit of Horvat tonight, too. Cool. Have you hit a shot prop this year? You've you've done a few of them. I feel like you've been stung a couple times. Have you hit a few? No, I just got off saying that I'm three for four this week. Oh, sorry. Of course I've, good, good. Of course I've oh, hit Matt. them. Okay, sorry. Oh, easy, big guy. <laughs> it, it, you hit your Matthews finally. Like, how do you how do you go to Matthews that many times and just not get paid? But finally, get her done last uh, last night. And yeah, those yeah. shot props, man. It's uh, yeah. I just feel like the last one you did, you got burnt on with the one shot. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. Why not, man? And Ho- Horvat, I really like that. Even if it's juiced, it's for a reason. It's juiced. It's uh, yeah. it's kind of a a not a sure thing but i mean their vegas is very confident as well that he's gonna do that so um sometimes you just gotta throw a little more at it and see if you get paid dude did you see um the two cards i put out there on thursday night on twitter regarding shop prop parlays i don't know if you caught this last night did you catch it no i never did i like it though so i had a six leg shot prop parlay last night naturally five of six hit and Brock fucking Nelson of the New York Islanders, dude, had two shots. He had the puck on his stick with five seconds left, and the shot was blocked. So I lost a six-leg shot parlay last night because of that. He was at three, and he had his sit on his stick for He was your... at two, and he needed one more, and it got blocked with he five seconds three. left. He needed three? Oh, my God. I yeah. don't go that deep with parlays very often, but they are like when guys do them and they're getting close, I can imagine it's just so intense watching. And then once you just start checking them off, oh. my God, but that stings so much to get to get that close and get burnt. Yeah, anybody who, who bets on the NHL and sports, like it was just one of those nights. I had another parlay, a shot prop parlay. It was three guys, and Frank Vetrano was the one guy in Anaheim. I had two shots. I needed three. I would have won another parlay. So all in all, it's been a hot season for the shot props. But, man, like it just hurts that much more, especially when you have a six-leg parlay and, and the last guy gets that close and you're about to win some coin, but you don't. Yeah, that's not uh, that's not very often you get that close. It's It stings even more than just losing it right out of the gate, I'm sure. <laughs> Yeah, it's okay. It's just for fun. Uh, Lauren writes in, don't have Marner out there the next time there's OT. 
on to Buffalo. Again, like we got to this conversation earlier on, Rosie, like there's only so much you can do. You have to credit New Jersey. It's all about the opening faceoff, right? And I think you'll take your chances with John Tavares, who's one of the better faceoff guys, not only in the Leafs, but in the entire NHL, right? He loses the draw. And for, for the most part, the Leafs never really regained possession. So I think that's part of the reason, but maybe you, you try something. Hell, maybe you try Tavares and Matthews on the same ice. Would you do that? Yeah, I don't mind that. Honestly, like, <clears throat> I know Johnny kind of turned it over a little bit there, but um, yeah. with his with his awareness of the ice and his his smartness and understanding of the game, I don't mind him out there at all. Um, people think he's slow, but he doesn't really – he can just be positionally sound and understand where to go. And then when it's time to, you know, crack the whip and go north, he's definitely got the ability to do that. I, I just don't love Marner. I feel like he's thinking overtime. All he sees is op open ice. All he does is is want to just bat bust and get that breakaway and be gone. And, oh, we, you know, a little bobbled puck or a, a good read by their team, and he's looking over his shoulder, and away it goes. And yeah. for that reason, overtime doesn't last very long usually. Like you say, the puck possession is hu huge off that opening draw. It's like almost like winning the coin toss in overtime for for the NFL. But um, I just I just think Nylander should be out there. Like, he seems to be a little bit less, I'm going to get my cookies right now, and you could put yeah. him out there. I mean, you can mix up anything, man. You can do whatever. You can put three forwards out there. You can put a D up there on the way. You can do whatever the hell you want. So I just don't love that. I, I feel like it's just Keith kind of saying, hey, hey, Mitch, you're, you're my boy. You're still my boy. Like, don't worry. You're going out there, buddy. You're still my boy. Like, kind of trying to give him his cookies and get him, you know, an overtime yeah. goal so that he's, you know, a little more confident over time or whatever it is. But I just, this is the NHL, man. This isn't fucking, this isn't, you know, you don't get stars really? on a chart for trying. Like, if you're not great at it, then put someone who is. Since you brought that up, dude, and I tweeted this out last night, we have to start a stop, I should say, with Mitch Marner playing defense. Like, th this is a comedy act to me. Like, it really, really is. Like, I, I had to check. I'm like, am I watching beer league hockey or is it the, the NHL? Like, so they put Marner out last night in the third period. They're down 2-1. Put him on D. I get why they're doing it. But the guy got absolutely rinsed and walked by Nico Heischer, which almost, by the way, put the game out of reach. It was going to make it 3-1. And again, Matt Murray deserves a lot of credit. But I just think you're compromising the integrity of the NHL and I'm that guy, by the way, to, 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 to go out there and put Mitch Marner on defense. Come on. Like, are we serious here, Rosie? Compromising the integrity of the National Dude. League. I like the strength yes. of that statement. Um, sure. Yeah, I mean, it worked a little bit in preseason. But yeah, I mean, he doesn't look like, why him? He's not even close <laughs> to the most defensively sound guy. I know. I know you're looking for offense to get back in the game. And yeah, it's nice they tied it up in late in the third period. But uh, he just doesn't seem like the guy to do it. When he's skating backwards, he kind of looks like a forward skating backwards. Like, oh yeah, C cuts, C cuts. Oh yeah, look up at the chest. Like, holy Pretty fuck, much. man, this is the There's NHL. Like Bowers like you say, school you, of skating, right? You just get, right, you get walked, and he does. And I don't know, maybe for, uh, I don't know. Like, you see, you try to find positions and opportunities where that would look good, like a, an offensive zone draw or whatever. And it's, it's still, yeah. you're kind of like, well, what if you don't win the draw? Then you're stuck with you know, an, a non-defensive forward playing defense. It's it's not great. I don't, I'm surprised they're still doing it. I kind of thought that would just fizzle out, but uh, I like doing new and inventive things. I just don't like Marner's mindset 
defensively sometimes. So why him is what I say. It's a mockery. At this point, I think you have a better chance of putting Jordy Ben up front than you have Mitch Marner on the blue line. Like, There's so many other guys. Like David fucking Camp I'd put on the blue line before Mitch Marner, man. I know you're looking for offense, yeah. but dude, like watching him. And I'm not the best skater. Remember the seat cuts like growing up? You put your glove up. Like it, it, I'm like, is this the NHL? No, it's a 2-1 game against – exactly. Like I felt like I, I was watching Dancing with the Stars or something. Like I, I'm not into it, clearly. I can tell. I can tell. But I like you when you speak your mind and get a little bit pissed off about something, so keep it coming. Thank you, Rosie. And with that in mind, that'll do it for another week of Leafs Morning Take. Uh, excellent job. I guess the weekend continues. You're there for, what, a week at Disneyland? Um, I don't know. We're all over the place. Yeah, we come back on Wednesday, so <laughs> that'll be it for the show for the weekend. And then, uh, don't worry, lots of time to tee up uh, Leafs Morning Take. I, I like starting my day off with this. Yes, with a little maybe tea in hand or a coffee in hand as well as Lauren put on the show yesterday. So, uh, Rosie, great stuff. We'll talk on Monday, okay? Right on, man. Have a good weekend. You too. That's Jay Rosehill. I'm Nick Elberger. Remember to subscribe, tap that like button, and leave us a review, and we'll talk on Monday. Take care.